0: Hold up, wait. So, I just recently found out that the location of a woman's G-spot varies from woman to woman, and for some reason, they expect us to know where it is like all the time. As if we're master locksmiths or some shit. Like, women, are you even serious about this? <laughs> like honestly on a very very real basis i find it hard how it is that we're expected to know some of this shit and yet we're never really told so it's sort of like we're being expected to pick a lock yet we've never studied any form of locksmithery or locksmith picking or some shit so it's it's just mad it baffles me like i've been taught ever since i was a kid you know if you, if you want to get a girl's g spot, just go in. It's just after you, like, go inside slightly to the top, a little bit to the side of some shit. Now I'm busy being told that it can be anywhere. It can be just right next to the clitoris. It can be all the way at the back or some shit. Damn, like, we've been lied to. Although, anyways, to put a bit of context, I was kind of finding this out from uh, the Mike's Open podcast. match shout-out to Andy Young, G-Money, and Calvin. And these guys are talking about sex toys. And when they contacted the lady who was to tell them about sex toys, she just happened to let that information slip past. So I don't know. Like, I feel like I've been cheated for the past few years. But anyways, it's about time we get into this podcast. So welcome to Break Time on West Side, your number one break time podcast coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. The man on the mic is none other than a man that did not believe in that entanglement song that August Alcina just put out. A man that still looks at entanglement and only thinks about his cables, it is none other than I, Sir Denver B. The show is Tweet Street, the regular weekly show that comes to you every single Friday at about 9am. For those of y'all that don't know what Tweet Street is about, well, we take a deep dive into Twitter for seven days and we pull up a couple of tweets that we can break down and at least bring some sort of meaning to them. Now fortunately this week we didn't have any Will Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith entanglement type shit happening although let's be honest this whole thing about Nicki Minaj being pregnant is being taken a little too serious like someone's about to have a baby this is some shit that happens I don't know every 15 seconds on planet earth so I don't get what the fuss is about I don't get what the hype is about all I know is someone's about to have a baby or you know her plastic bits could have been inflated for all I care. Anyways, it's about time we get into these tweets. So, first tweet. Tomorrow at 7am, I'm posting myself in shorts with my testicles showing. People need to know that I'm also confident and comfortable in my own skin. And the tweet continues in saying, And I don't care if you won't give me any attention. This is not about you. It's about body positivity. I don't need validation from strangers. Alright, so... I have to admit, I really like the way a lot of people on the internet, more specifically guys, are taking the ideas and ideologies of gender equality and putting the shoe on the other foot to a couple more practical levels because this week kind of takes it like that. Because when you take a pretty good look at the whole Will and Jada story, people actually call Jada a predator. Something that normally, if Will was in that same situation, he'd have been called. Because actually like not too long ago about beginning of this year or something Jamie Foxx was being called a predator for something that was inherently similar he was being caught with a younger lady who's in her 20s he's in I don't know his like 40s 50s or some shit and he was being called a predator just like that when you actually look at it this is something that women like to do a lot I'm not saying every woman I'm just saying a couple of women like doing this while they go, they take a picture of themselves close to half naked, exposing some bits of themselves that probably shouldn't be shown to the public, and then calling it, you know, body positivity and being comfortable in their own skin. But when you look at a guy doing it, it suddenly looks like it's a bad thing because it's not like there's that many people that are jazzed about seeing balls. So I don't know. I, I I really have to admit that I really like the tweet. It was it, it was actually pretty interesting for me to see. And, uh, yeah, if, if this is something that you really want to do, well, the balls are in your court. Pun intended. Anyways, uh, moving it on, on to the next tweet, which, funny enough, is actually surprisingly similar to this. Fact. We don't have real feminists in Kenya what we have are bitter women who have made bad virginal decisions at their early lives hated men for that and are trying to drag young girls into their mess of single lives and lesbianism hmm. okay how do i put this all right i have a couple of thoughts on this so one i don't think it's uh we don't have real feminists in kenya type of issue i think this is a global one we don't have real feminists in the world like there's very few of them that are actually real feminists most of them yes are bitter women most of them have made bad decisions in their lives and most of them have gone through some bad circumstances at the hands of men Thus, putting them in such a position to do so. Does that make it justifiably good or okay? No. But we understand that you might have gone through something and you probably do need to understand that and go for some level of counselling or just move on from that shit. Instead of going to propagate your hate on men and, you know, like the internet and shit. Like the internet's supposed to be a much nicer place than this. Then secondly... I personally don't see anything wrong with lesbians or lesbianism because honestly speaking I have a couple of lesbian friends here and there and I can probably say this without a shred of doubt. A woman's desire for pussy does not mean that she hates men period. Like I don't see how it is that that correlates. Yes, while there are some lesbians that do have a deep rooted hate for men. And, you know, you can go back and forth on the reasons why they're lesbian based on such things. You can't really conclude that for every single lesbian. While there are some lesbians that, of course, became lesbian because of some of the bad situations that they were in involving men or a certain stage or parts of their life or even huge portions of their life being affected by men in a harmful way. You can't really conclude that for every single lesbian. There's a lot of lesbians that just, you know, like women, not necessarily because they were mistreated by men or because they had a bad experience with men. So I would probably discredit that. But that being said, I do mostly agree with your statement. A lot of the so called feminists that we have are fairly extreme people that just talk shit and talk down on men. And want to uplift the women and it's not like they're really really fighting for equality they just want female privilege and for some of them you know they just want to complain about the patriarchy whatever the fuck that is because i i I honestly do not know what patriarchy exists as of right now anyways on to the next tweet so when someone is telling you a story about themselves Stop bringing your own story in it to show them how yours was worse than theirs. Learn to listen. Okay, I think this one, like this one goes back to something that I sort of heard not too long ago uh, from a famous psychologist. He's called Jordan Peterson. and he was, And he was trying to define what a good friend is. And normally, you'll find that you have mostly two types of friends whenever it comes to such a situation. And you will tell one friend that, you know what, I got into an accident and I fractured my arm. So I'm healing up, but it was really painful. And that one friend will probably say that, you know what, that's bad. But, you know, like a year ago, there was this time when I broke my leg and it was so bad and I couldn't even walk. I could barely even leave the house. Hell, they even had to bring me food in my bedroom, blah, blah, blah. While there's another friend who will sit and just listen to you speak or you know even though you aren't speaking that much will actually come in and be like you know what i'm so sorry for what it is that you're going through i know it's bad and i really feel for you blah 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 like they'll pretty much be very empathetic and they'll try to be you know all nice with you and the underlying difference is one genuinely cares about you and the other one probably cares about you but mostly cares about themselves and you know making shit about them now the thing is when you're trying to have good friends you know when you're choosing your friends even when you're picking them it's advisable to go for the one that will actually listen to you although let's be completely honest that's not the easiest thing for everyone to do it's probably the most advisable thing because those are the people that genuinely do listen to you and do genuinely care. The ability of a friend to actually sit down and listen to you openly and most times without judgment is something that's probably one of the most admirable qualities of a good friend. But let's be completely honest, it's not like everyone can do that. It's not like there's that many people that can be really good friends in that way. So you know what? As long as you can get yourself a few good friends like that, you should be good. For the most part, there's a bunch of people that don't give a shit. Anyways, next tweet. So, I once simulated my demise to test my close circle. Took leave at work and told them I lost my job. Moved in with my brother and told them my house was auctioned by the bank. Took my car for repairs and told them it was repossessed. My so-called fiancé was the first to leave. Then some family members followed. Then friends, one by one. That's when I painfully realized I am all I've got, and absolutely no one would save me. I ruthlessly and selfishly always put myself first because no one would pick me up from my fall. Do the same. Okay, how would I, how would I put this in in a, in a very nice way? Uh, well, that's the truth. You're all you've got, and as much as you said you're all you've got you know let's not forget your brother actually managed to house you when when, when things got shitty but I won't lie uh, it's, it's a very simple test to find out it's just that I don't think you probably should have been doing such quote unquote tests on people because it almost feels like you know you're questioning their level of trust which you know might not be bad but some people might misconstrue your intentions that being said I won't lie. Like, to test someone's loyalty, it's been said over the years, you will never know who it is that's loyal to you up until when things get shit. You will never know who your true friends are, who your true partners are, up until things become shit. And it's something that just happens to unfold each and every day on this planet. Because how many times will you see a certain person's wife murdering their husband or speeding up their death? simply because they want to get a hold of the fortune how many times will you hear of a husband mistreating the wife because she's sick and in some ways has outlived their use to them or at least that's what they might be thinking it's it's a common thing that you see happening because it doesn't even have to be you know losing everything you can just start from losing some of the things that probably give you a certain level of status and reputation and then you'll just watch people folding away but once you get all of it back that's when everyone wants to dive back in because let's just be honest about something no one wants to be there when shit is hard but everyone wants to be there when you're being celebrated like it's it's one of those facts of life and it's part of the reason why i recommend choosing friends instead of just picking them having a good friend that'll be by your side whether shit is bad or shit is good is something that you should really really be searching for and since not everyone is going to start from the bottom i will say for those of you all that are starting from the bottom stay close to the friends that helped you rise up and if you're starting from the top always make sure in some way shape or form that you know your friends are loyal to the very end for you anyways that being said on to the next tweet wow i actually feel as though i'm brushing through these tweets pretty quickly though although anyways uh now on to the next tweet funny how everything is a quote-unquote handout besides generational wealth uh i don't know i don't know like it's it's a little bit hard to to put generational wealth as a handout because it's more than that it it would probably even classify better as a hand-me-down rather than a hand out and it's, it's for a bunch of different reasons, because when you look at the concept of a handout and the concept of generational wealth, as much as they might seem similar, they're not exactly the same thing. When you look at the concept of a handout, at least uh, the way a lot of people have been told the concept of a handout is, is uh, take, for example, with the analogy that most people, especially the ones who work in NGOs, usually like to use, which is you can either give a man a fish or you can teach them how to fish which it brings out the idea of a handout really well but if you were to use that same analogy you could also put generational wealth in the same bucket but when you look at generational wealth in its entirety it's a little bit different than that because generational wealth isn't a handout per se there's a lot more to it and yes people will squander it like a handout but it takes longer to squander and just so you know i'm talking about generational wealth and not necessarily an inheritance there's a, there's actually a difference between the two now when you look at the concept of a handout and generational wealth it's sort of like if you want to have a small logistics company like say you want to start a small delivery business and you go to your parents because you need some help and you're very young and say you have close to zero capital You already have the business ready and everything. You already have the client. Now, generational wealth would mean that they'll give you an old car so that you can start using and you can, you know, pick up business and then eventually go and buy a newer car or newer bikes, newer vehicles, bring in assistance and grow. Now, a handout would be your parents will give you money or they'll buy you a car and they'll even get you an assistant or two and then you just go straight to business now the difference between the two is on one side you just got a slight push and you have to pick it up from there but on the other side it's like they went and they covered everything for you and they just you know told you you know what here's everything we've taken care of all the hard work for you you get to move and that's where a lot of people get it wrong because even when it comes to generational wealth even when it comes to so-called balling Like there's levels to the way you play the game. Because the way you play the game when you're a rich person and the way you play the game when you're not a rich person are two very different ways. And most people might never really understand the difference mostly because they might never really get to that level. So when you look at generational wealth, there's also more that you get besides just an inheritance of property and material possessions. There's things such as reputation. There's things such as the family name that can carry you. There's the status that you start with and can sort of move up from. And there's also other qualities that you'll get, which are probably really, really essential when it comes to top level business and top level corporate leadership, politics, and so on, such as disagreeableness and entitlement, which the not so rich or at least the poorer person might not be able to instill in their kids because their ball game is different them they're worried about survival and making it through the next day and making sure that they can get through the next month Their ball game is entirely different so it's it's very hard to say that generational wealth is a handout because well in that case then that would mean that you know they just have it easy which they don't that being said it doesn't mean that people have always treated generational wealth properly or that it always thrives it's actually been said that 80 percent of all generational wealth is usually lost by the third generation and yes it does seem like a handout but you will see that it is harder to lose as opposed to something like an inheritance which to be completely honest an inheritance and generational wealth are two different things They are two entirely different concepts an inheritance can just be money alone which can be squandered and finished But when you look at wealth, it's it's beyond money. There's property that you will have. There's things that will accrue in value. So it's a lot harder to dispose of all of that wealth all at once or at least even very quickly. So generational wealth is like a head start. That's why I said think of it as a hand me down. It's not your typical idea of, you know, someone just got money or someone just got connections and so on. It's you managing to pick it up from a higher point and having to go much higher up which can also be harder because you're playing a very different game anyways i want to know your thoughts on generational world as well as the other topics that we discussed and also if you do have any interesting topics ideas you can be sure to slide them into the dms of our instagram handle at break Time on west Side. Do up a nice voice message. Type up a very nice text. We always reply. And also, if you think that Instagram isn't your thing, we're also on Facebook at BreakTime on Westside. And on Twitter, if you want to slide into my personal DMs, it is at BagakaTheD. I will catch you guys on the next break. Take care.